Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Draco. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Cut. Do it again. Cut. <laughs> Sign off. Take six. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Hands Out Podcast. Um, this is our 15th episode. 14th. 14th, 14th. episode. God damn it, you can't even Are count Are you sure either. about that? I can't speak it, or count. I labeled it our 14th. Our, it doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we did our 13th last Friday. <laughs> Friday, yeah. And Monday we did 14th. This is our 14th take two. A.K.A. 15th. Yeah, 15th. <laughs> <laughs> so this is part B. Part, part B. <laughs> part B of, uh, of number 14. Um, we, uh, we spoke about it. Uh, you know, in the last episode, and I got the man to my right here, uh, Sean Satella, uh, our good training partner, and uh, the new, again, Kate Shuri flyweight champion. Um, so yeah, so thanks for joining us, Sean. No problem. Thanks for having me again. Sean's got he's got a he's got a mug full of SoCo and cherries today. So yes, gonna loosen up <laughs> and. Uh, Pat's probably going to tell a creepy story about his pee hole. <laughs> and lava. <laughs> <laughs> about my pee hole, just to be clear. I don't have any creepy stories about That's it. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. The comma. <laughs> we still have an hour. Yeah. Yeah, let's not sell ourselves short. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so big win, you know. Um, being uh, – being in the corner, I, I thought you performed spectacularly. You know, obviously, hypercritically, you could see one or two things in, in my, from my point of view. But um, dominant, you dominated the fight, and uh, that's what we like to see. And uh, yeah, we're not had a fun fight. Yeah, still a work in progress. I got to uh, show a little more of my stand up, which I haven't been able to do because I didn't really have any for <laughs> 20, 20 fights in my career. So it's starting to come around. I'm starting to figure out this punch kick thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was fun. Definitely a fun fight for me. Felt comfortable. I uh, felt like I could open up and went out there and got the finish, which uh, you know, I expected to do eventually. Mm -hmm. And uh, like you said, I thought it was a dominating performance everywhere. And, uh, yeah, you know, hopefully uh, bigger things in the future. Yeah, definitely. Um, he was pretty confident in his stand-up going in. Mm -hmm. I listened to a couple interviews, and he uh, – he said that you couldn't handle a stand-up and that he had a huge advantage. So it's pretty uh, pretty cool to go in there and dominate that aspect of it. Yeah, he said he was going to touch my chin. I told him yeah. to go for my nose because my nose is bigger. <laughs> the steady got me, in, he got me in my eye. But, yeah, he, he uh, I guess he's more of a stand-up fighter, and that's where his confidence was. And I think uh, it really broke him when I started winning the, the stand-up um, battle. And I think that really threw him off because – he expected me to just come out, shoot, and just wrestle him, wrestle him. And I really didn't take my first shot until, like, the last 15 seconds of the, the round, you know. And then same thing, second round came out, um, you know, worked more of a stand-up and then took the fight down again and pretty much dominated. So I think it, it definitely took him out of his, uh, his game plan right off the bat and kind of broke him in that first round. Yeah. <coughs> Um, definitely, you know, the, I don't think he was, um, it's not even that he wasn't prepared. It's that he didn't, he didn't just, he just didn't have anything for you when he hit the mat. Um, not really even any, even any attempts. It was like, 
it was almost like that that kind of like shock that you get there, even though he shouldn't have been shocked that he got put on his back. Um, it's he still didn't really try to do anything. Yeah, even when I had like a uh, back mount, it, he didn't even s try to escape. You know, mm -hmm. he was more about survival. So I think his game plan going in was, all right, let me try to win the, the stand-up exchange. If I do get taken down, let me just survive because the beginning of every round starts on the feet, mm -hmm. and that's going to be the game plan is just trying to take him out in the beginning, you know, try to take me out in the beginning of the round and win the stand-up and hopefully catch me coming in. And, um, you know, it kind of backfired because I felt like I – beat him up pretty bad even from that back position where it's hard to land effective strikes and I was able to really cut him open with some elbows and pretty much just kind of take the heart out of him mm -hmm. I felt and um, yeah I mean you would have figured everybody that fights me is usually working on staying off the mat and wrestling mm -hmm. and getting, getting back, back up, up yeah. to their feet and he made a lot of uh, technical mistakes and you know I'm just glad I was able to, to really capitalize on it but I mean I, I honestly um, felt like that's how the fight was going to go even that morning when we went out to breakfast you know I told um coach Mike and um and Laborio I said you know I really expect to come out there and dominate because I think that the kid's got a lot of hype behind him but I just don't feel like he's on my level and if I don't get a finish I'll be disappointed because I expect to go out mm -hmm. there and kind of walk through him so I don't know if I mean I don't know if that's a great mindset to have, but that's where I felt mentally. You know, I just mm -hmm. didn't feel like he was on my level. Um, so I'm just glad I was able to go out there and perform. When you look at Lozano's wins, too, he's not a slouch on the ground. I mean, of his eight wins, four of them are by submission. He only has one KO. Mm -hmm. So he's got a decent ground game. Yeah, it's very unorthodox. He's got two submissions by, like, inverted triangle. And one of them, I believe, was actually in Bellator. So it's an awkward position to hit from bottom side, which, you know, I obviously knew and I prepared for it. But, um, I mean, I'm, I really wasn't worried about anything he was going to offer on the ground. So, uh, you know, I just think I'm on a different level jujitsu-wise than him and, and pretty much everybody else in, in my weight in the UFC locally. I feel like everybody just has a basic jujitsu game, if any. And I just, I don't know, I just feel like my jiu-jitsu for MMA is just a lot better than a lot of these guys. You know, with my flexibility and my unorthodox submissions and my scrambling, um, I just feel like I'm a nightmare for anybody. So anybody that tries to play on the ground with me is just, you know, kind of playing with fire. Uh, I've seen you uh, put the beef in some bad positions. I actually enjoy it. I, I really, <laughs> I think we have a picture. Really enjoy. I think we have a nice <laughs> picture. <laughs> we do, we do. There is a nice picture floating around somewhere. Yeah. I think it's yes. on the interwebs. Um, Have you in a twister? twister. Yeah, yeah, twister. Yeah, and me posing. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. it's okay. He's a black belt. <laughs> I outweigh him by 120 pounds. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> he used to only be 100 pounds. Now yeah. it's 120. Yeah. Next podcast, it be 140. It used to be only like, like 60. Yeah, 60 right, even less than that when it was Swole Rock. Yeah, Swole Rock. Swole Rock and I was like hanging out with Dr. Tom. <laughs> yeah, it was 40 pounds. It's on my strength and conditioning program, Dr. Yeah. Tom's special. He, just, he called me sleeping. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was Dr. Tom sleeping. did or I did? No. <laughs> <coughs> I heard Dr. Tom caught you sleeping too. Fuck you, Shorty. <laughs> <laughs> He's been bragging about it. I know. He texts me. He texts me, me all the time. 
How's your arm, buddy? <laughs> Fuck you, Dr. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got that one, you know, that one submission that they're embarrassed about. <laughs> 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 I'm not embarrassed by I'm that one. He's a black belt. He is a black belt. A black belt. <laughs> <laughs> what is Dr. Tom? He is Dr. Tom. Was he a black belt when he did it? To yeah. 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 I guess you can get one, right? Yeah. It's a gift. Black belt gift. Here you go. No, what? he got me. <laughs> I, there was no there was, I'm not there was no like gift to that one. I screamed and smacked him in the face. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> Well, he got me. We, like, I I think Dr. Tom is probably probably the guy that we've been around the most, like, mm -hmm. in our MMA careers, yeah, MMA lives. Because um, he, he came, when we back, back when we used to train at Planet Jiu-Jitsu, um, I think we'd only been training for, like, three or four months. Yeah. And uh, he came in, and he was always wanted to train with, the best guys that he could and whatever, you know, he bounced around everywhere mm -hmm. and, uh, still bouncing around. Everywhere. Yeah. Was. You know, and just, uh, looking for those, those opportunities, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, he came in the one day and I triangled the <laughs> fuck out of him. Green Hornet, Green Hornet. -esque? No, <laughs> no, he's not Green Hornet. -esque. <laughs> don't put Dr. Tom. Yeah. Don't, I, how dare you? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, he did tell me he had a glazed stick <laughs> before he showed <laughs> 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 Well, nothing, nothing wrong with glazing your stick. <laughs> it's natural. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember, I remember all he kept saying was, oh, you're just so strong. You're just so strong. So flexible. Like, so flexible. Yeah. Like, dude, you shut the fuck up. You keep putting one arm in, one <laughs> arm out. Yeah, and then, then we met him at AMA. And he was a punching bag ever since. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any, what's on your cheat sheet, Pat? My cheat sheet. I, I want to get a little bit more in depth with Shorty. Yeah. And uh, who doesn't? Let's start. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's start all the way back at the beginning. What was your your first foray into grappling combat sports? Um. Well, I started wrestling. You know, I actually had a uh, a nice wrestling match against this guy over here, who uh, we recall a little different. The outcome. <laughs> the outcome was still the same. I did lose a close match. According to Jim, it was. One, uh, I guess, a highlight. Yeah. Fastest uh, was, stand up. Was, uh, sit out. Fastest yeah. sit out. Yeah, I don't think you've ever seen more picturesque. I don't think I was out. ready. I think the you jumped the gun. I might have jumped the gun. I think, I think you got to <laughs> Hey, I man. Caution. Caution. Yeah, I definitely think you got to caution. You got to play that whistle. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it started out wrestling, and then um, I ended up moving to Florida for a little while. Still, you know, following um, UFC and stuff like that, watching it. And when I came home, a bunch of uh, old high school buddies were uh, training jujitsu at a gym by me. And I kept putting it off, putting it off. And eventually I ended up um, going up there one day and ran into a couple of people I knew from the local wrestling scene. And uh, an old, uh, well, now an old teammate, but a kid that I knew ended up uh, – 
hyperextended my arm very first uh, day of training. <laughs> and, uh, that was kind of a we, sign of things yeah, to come. Yeah, it was a sign of things to with come trucks, yeah. with, with this particular training partner. And, um, I mean, I kind of just fell in love with it ever since. You know, I was out for 19 weeks. Had some time to think. <laughs> I just have to – you rolled for how long? How long did you do it? It was my first day. Yeah, so, like, it was like a half hour. We – the first uh, – the – first move that we learned was a uh, sweep from spider guard day one of day one was <laughs> it was a sweep from spider guard now i had no idea like obviously watching fights and stuff you kind of follow position wise i never saw spider guard. you don't yeah. see spider guard play in the usc yeah. so i was like know what spider guard is <laughs> yeah i was like what the hell and um you know you so take your legs no yeah <laughs> so they're we learned the the move, and then the last like fifteen twenty minutes, you're allowed to kind of roll. So I ended up, you know, um, rolling with Troxel, and just being more of a straight grappler. I guess I was pretty much kind of like holding my own, I would say. And he ended up getting me in an Uma Plata, and I just naturally rolled out, and he transitioned to an arm bar, but I didn't have time to tap, and then my arm snapped, and then the whole <laughs> gym was like, because it was loud, and. Um, I had to go to the hospital and stuff like that, and it was right around Christmas time, and um, I was in a sling, and then, uh, that's a that's rough it. first class. Yeah, yeah it and was. he fell in love with it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. basically, what happened was you fell in love with getting your arm broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Nice. And then me and Troxel had tons of awesome. memories after that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> tons of memories after. <laughs> yep. My my absolute favorite was the spitting in your shirt. <laughs> that was. <laughs> yeah. One of the best ones I ever saw was he, what he, soccer uh, kicked me. Yeah, in the head he soccer. <laughs> after I subbed him, he subbed him. So he picks him up by the and back and picks him, rolls him over and soccer, soccer kicked kicks him in the, in the back. <laughs> like, yeah, what is going on? Yeah, after you subbed him, I subbed yeah. him in a triangle. Yeah, and then you know he tapped. I let go. He grabs me by my belt and dumps me like backwards all the way over, and then. Soccer kicks me. <laughs> kicks me. <laughs> yep. And then the one that Tim was talking about is uh, <laughs> I um, I guess I, I was I think I was inside his closed garden. Yeah. I sweat in his face, yeah. and I guess it went in his mouth. So he just spit in my face. <laughs> no, but he, he like, screamed. Because <laughs> oh! like, then I looked over, and he, like, grabs your shirt and just, <laughs> yeah. just like, spits, like, in Shorty's shirt. And it's like, what? Yeah. What the fuck did you just do? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like an awesome training yeah. partner. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, 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 the dichotomy of their relationship. Yeah. yeah. It was a rather abusive relationship. <laughs> you know, it started out with, like, Troxel getting the better of Shorty, yeah. but still kind of abusing him. Mm-hmm. And then Shorty getting the better of Troxel. You know, you had that, that moment where they were kind of right there, and then it's like Shorty's like, whomp, overtakes him. And then there were all those acts of frustration. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fun times. <laughs> and we're not talking about just like a random kid. He was, you know, like a ring of combat champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At a time, he was like seven and two. Yeah. Like, definitely could have went places if he stuck with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Fought at 45 and 55. and um, Beat Jim in wrestling. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, twice. So I did foot down to rub it in. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how his set out was. I don't Better know. I think that. Well, the one time he what? really didn't. Beat he you. really, yeah, he didn't. He didn't beat me, Dan. Wait, 
Did he? Did he didn't get his hand raised? He did get his hand. He raised. did get his hand okay. raised, but that I was just all Fellini. All Fellini. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't his coach. It was the referee. Fellini. Well, Fellini was standing on the edge of the mat, yelling in the friggin' ref's face, and he turns around and, and okay, the, and that's two, two and two, <laughs> two coach or uh, the the coaches from two different teams, like four or five guys, were yeah, sitting there yeah. yelling on the other side. Yeah. Um. So is but that why you would it. always liver kick him? And no, yeah, that was yeah, 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 no. taking out the Jimmy. frustrations. That's right. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Douchebag. There's nothing wrong with that. Douchebag. Did you see Amr's calf? Speaking of douchebags, what's that? Amr's calf. Yeah, I did it's see Amr's calf. Fucking purple. Yeah, it's blame beautiful. you on it. Of course, he blamed me. It's beautiful. Are you saying you you're else? not to blame? I'm totally to blame. <laughs> That's my job. That is your job. That's my job. Looks like and you're you pretty know damn good That's at his it. job. <laughs> <laughs> so he can't come in and teach time yep. works. He can't walk. Yeah. He deals with it. He's a tough man. Mm-hmm. You know. He's doing jujitsu today too. Yeah. Throwing up that Am- rubber. Armor is tough. Yeah. It's, he takes it. He can take a licking. Armor's the man. He's, He's always so Egyptian. pumped. I love his classes. <laughs> hey, we got a uh, a question. Kev Honorsprin. <laughs> A.K.A. Kevin Ingram. Ever since he fooled us on the first one, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting up with this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. He wants to know. <laughs> he wants to know what year you guys wrestled each other, and uh, it was in high school, right? Yeah. Uh, freshman, sophomore. Yeah, was it was my freshman. sophomore year. Um, so that would be 2000. 2000. Didn't you have in high school? You had a big blonde mop. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I remember it was like yeah. Shorty's hair would go all over the place. It was just his fucking yeah. hair. You just see this blonde mop going yeah. crazy. It was just like that was it. <laughs> I remember still watching the same was, size, skinny uh, blonde yeah. mop. Maddie stopped Petty wrestled too. Yep. A beat on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> him and the block. Yeah. Mm. So, Shorty, before you fight, do you watch video? Do you get really in-depth on your opponent? Do you um, – I know Jim and Dan don't really like to watch video. I mean, I do, but not. I wouldn't say in, like, in-depth, you know. Um, uh, maybe once or twice, their re- most recent fights, and then more or less just uh, have faith and confidence in the coaching to come up with the game plan and then go from there. Um I try not to get too carried away with the, you know, the video and stuff like that. But, you know, eventually I do watch it. I just don't get so hooked, you mm-hmm. know. Like I said, uh, I most likely already watched the fight because I kind of keep an eye on guys that are coming up that are um, in my weight class, you know, for potential matchups and stuff like that. Or, you know, a lot of times with these uh, regional organizations, they ask you, okay, who do you want to fight, even though it's their job. And I've had a lot of issues over the last couple of years where I haven't been able to find opponents. So I have a list of flyweights that I would fight, and I would just give it to the promotion. Like, here, call any one of these guys, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so, you know, I do keep an eye on some of the guys coming up. But as far as, you know, really get, you know, fit on watching the videos, not, not really. Not too crazy. Nah. So we talked about your stand-up look like it's really come along in that fight. Who have you mm-hmm. been working stand-up with? Well, I've been his punching bag, the guy <laughs> standing next to me, sitting next to me for the last two or three fights. Yeah. So that's that's helped my confidence a lot, knowing that, you know, if I am fighting somebody as a kickboxer, that they're not going to hit me as hard as him, <laughs> you know. 
Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, and um, even though I know, you know, he, he goes easy, the technique is still there, you know. Um, and when I have somebody like him and some of the other guys that I train with that are high-level strikers telling me, you know, good job and they see an improvement, it, it helps confidence-wise, you know. And um, just, just being around these guys competing at the highest level, um, that's another, like, big boost. It also helps that if the striking goes to hell, I can fall back on my wrestling. I can fall back on my jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. you know, which I've been trying not to go to as, like, a, like a panic button, you know, um, and kind of blend the striking and the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu in as I need it and not just go out there and be a straight grappler. So uh, I would just like to point out who cut who three week, or two weeks before my fight. Sam. That was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you headbutted me. I yeah. headbutted your elbow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You were spazzing out like a flyway. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so jumping around. It's like holy. That's what I. I feel I have to. Like I feel that when I go with the smaller guys, I. I kind of have to fight like a smaller guy. When I go with the bigger guys in particular, I have to fight like a bigger guy. Like, I can't go with the the big guys that I've trained with throughout the years or that we have in here and and move around like I, like I would at 55 or like if I was trying to be a 25-pounder and, and just be all over the place and spazzing out like you guys do. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, get, I get bounced around. Like if I if I spar like a bigger guy, like if I'm going against like a Tyler or something like that, I have to like, I have to plant my feet and I have to sit down, otherwise I just get knocked off a. So imagine know, me when path. I'm I'm sitting down and planted and I'm going with guys like you, and then I'm still going bounce around. I'm, I'm moving around. I'm doing the head bob. Yeah, I know. I try kicking it. Yeah, no, it's 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 been good. You know, I think that uh, the different style of training partners, even the bigger guys with um, um, a lot of control, have helped. And everybody had a big role in this camp. You know, and because um, I feel like I've had this like never-ending fight camp because of stuff falling through with the UFC, and then uh, you know, fighting for CFFC, and then uh, Jim fighting actively um, over the last couple of months, and being here helping him. Um, I just, I felt great going into the fight, just anywhere the fight went cardio wise. And, um, you know, we have been doing a lot of rounds stand up. Um, so I think that definitely helped where usually it would be a camp that's mostly grappling and jujitsu based. And this one was really fit on, um, on striking and then, you know, going to that, uh, wrestling as the second option. And now you don't just train here at Miller Brothers. You go down to Catones and you go to Almeida's, right? Yes. And how important do you think that is, traveling around? And um, I think it's great because uh, a lot of the smaller guys, a lot of the um, 55 and under, the best guys in the world, I feel train at these camps between Jim, Edson, Marlon, Frankie, um, all these guys, plus the coaching. You know, um, you're always having guys – pay attention, you know, in every class. So even if, uh, you know, it's an hour, hour and a half travel, you take one thing away that's going to 
make you a better fighter, it's well worth it, you know, or that one thing, not even maybe a coach, but maybe somebody that is a high-level striker um, like a Marlon or Edson that can just help you just <coughs> a little bit make uh, your technique better or even give you an idea of, of something to do as far as a setup, you know, um, helps. And uh, even though I didn't land it in this fight, I've been working on throwing kicks. Um, Jim's been helping me with it. Um, Edson and Marlon gave me some drills that I've been doing over the last couple of months just to be a little more comfortable throwing. And I've been landing a lot in training, you know. Um, so I know that that's another arsenal I have. And everybody keeps telling me, you need to throw more kicks. You throw kicks, who cares if they catch your leg and take you down? Then you just submit them on the ground. That's where you want to be. So even having these guys um, who are at that level in the UFC giving me that information is like – so valuable, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it and seeing it actually work in training, you know, um, so it's just great, you know, between the the um, the teammates um, and the coaching, uh, also, um, you know, a lot of the students as well, you know, helping out um, because I I bring a very different style of jujitsu even to Hikardo, you know, Hikardo's been like an OG. Uh, um, in the MMA and, and jiu-jitsu world uh, around here. That's and original gangster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, some terminology for you. <laughs> and uh, we, I even have a very different, um, you know, style. So we're always picking each other's brains, you know, which is cool, you know. Um, so it's a just brain it's very humbling. What? <laughs> it's, it's most of our heads. What? A brain. What about it? <laughs> That's what you should, most of us have. <laughs> I just thought he was telling he had an old grundle. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the old grundles. Which he has. He's been around forever. <laughs> 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 he is right, though. Shorty's first pro fight was November 21st, 2008. And no amateur fights. No, I did have he some. Oh, yeah. I could not <coughs> find them online. Um, certain websites only do the uh, pros. Hmm. But, um, yeah, it was 4 and one I actually lost my uh, amateur <coughs> debut. And I was kind of training out of, like, a garage. And I was actually training with uh, one of our training partners now, Melvis. And... Um, the the person that was kind of running this whole garage type workout was just trying to push people into fighting, and it's like, oh, I got to fight for you. You do great, and ended up no training. You know, just go straight into <laughs> this fight at the House of Blues, and um, I fought a Tiger Showman kid, and uh, I won the first round, and I ended up gassing out, and I lost the second, third, so I ended up losing a decision, and that made me realize. Uh, I hated losing, you know, so I picked up and, and found, uh, you know, the, the closest um, spot to actually train MMA, not just jiu-jitsu and not just cardio kickboxing, and it turns out that's where Jim and Dan were down at um, AMA Fight Club, which was in Whippany, so I, you know, made the trip and, um, you know, ended up turning out, you know, really good um, for my career at first, and, uh, you know, I learned most of my jiu-jitsu and, and skill set there, or at least, like, my um, foundation. So I ended up going on a four-fight win streak, 
and uh, ended up avenging that loss in uh, as a pro. Ended up armbarring the same kid. So it turned out good. Out of all your fights, you've had a, a bunch now. We're talking how many fights total? 23, I think. 23. 16 wins. Not very good at math. No, I, I can't possibly add this. Yeah. More than 20, yeah. though. What is uh, <laughs> <laughs> just use big numbers? Yeah. 65 and 1. More than 20, less than 30. What, what do you think your most memorable fight is? Um, I would definitely have to say against, um, I believe it was Ricky Garrett. It wasn't so much the, the actual, uh, like, fighter. It was more about how it came about because that same kid that hyperextended my arm the first day of training, I was uh, cornering out in Erie, Pennsylvania, him and another um, fighter, this guy Chris Jones. And uh, we took the, like, seven-hour car ride out there. And I just fought the week before. It was uh, 9-11, I believe. And that was against the kid uh, that I lost my debut to. I ended up armbarring. So we're we're out there. We're at weigh-ins, which is at like a like a little bar slash nightclub area, and uh, everybody weighs in. Um, Tim makes weight. His opponent ends up missing weight. We end up negotiating a um, you know whatever allowance. So in PA at the time they had same day weigh-ins. Um, so you'd have to weigh in as a pro, and you'd fight three four hours later. So you didn't have that 24 hours to rehydrate like you did in Jersey. So we're at like a Subway eating a sandwich. Of course, I'm having a glass of Soko. And, um, at a Subway? I, no. <laughs> well, I might have been. <laughs> I, I want to go to that Subway. Your own bottle, yeah. <laughs> at the weigh-ins. <laughs> at the weigh-ins, I definitely had Subway, a couple. Yeah. Yeah. I, I might have had you a flask. Yeah. 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 It's like the Wild <laughs> West. Especially if you guys came out to Erie, Pennsylvania, right? Um, I might have had a flask at the time. So, you know, we're eating. I get a call from the promoter, and he's asking what we're doing. So, you know, we're just eating. Why? What's going on? He's like, drinking um, Soco. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> drinking Soco in a subway. <laughs> yeah, in a subway. <laughs> I mean, it might not even been a subway. It might have been something else. Um, so he goes, "We had a guy miss weight. Would you be interested in fighting?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't know if I can make weight. I just, you know, fought. I've been drinking, and I'm eating right now." So he's like, "We'll come back. Let's let's talk about it." So. Walk up the road, go back to the bar, and uh, I step on the scale, and I was 135. So I, was, I just made the 136-pound limit. And um, so they asked me if I wanted to fight this kid, and I was like, yeah, why not? So two hours later, I'm the co-main event to <laughs> 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 fight, and uh, ended up choking him out first round. I think like um, two minutes in maybe, and yeah. I don't. I don't think if I was sober, I would have <laughs> took the fight. <laughs> I really, I really didn't. Yeah. So when uh, when our our old um, manager called us, he said, "Oh, how did Troxel do?" I was like, "Oh, we did great." He's like, "What do you mean we?" I was like, "Well, you know, somebody missed weight. I decided to take a fight." He's like, "What?" It's like, "Yeah, we won." We won it. So yeah, it was it was fun. So I got to fight twice in two weeks. I guess that's close to like a tournament style, I guess. Yeah. But I would say that'd be, um, yeah, probably the most memorable. That and also getting pulled over and arrested twice on my way to fights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's not really a memorable fight. That's more of the car ride there. <coughs> Did it happen on two separate occasions? Two separate occasions. <laughs>
Make sure you guys pay your fines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won both fights. Had to pay my brother back both times. Yep. So that's good luck if you Bail get money. arrested before the fight. Yeah, yeah apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely worked out. That's a that's a weird mentality. Like like Jim taking the Alves fight, he didn't care. And you're in a subway. They're like, hey, you want to fight somebody? Yeah, no problem. That's a different type of human. Yeah. Me, it was earlier on in my career, so I don't think it was too bad for him. I think a lot of it had to do with the location, you know, being part of well, MSG. Just prepared. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's would you you take the fight? Right? <coughs> I, mean, I would, yeah, definitely. Because you're, you're a prepared. different kind of human. I think it lends itself to I, a different the, kind of human. The way I've always looked at it, because I've taken fights on – I take I took a fight on a week notice. I took a fight on eight days. Um, I had the one that switched. That was like the Nuri fight was like that was only a, a week or so. I mean I was prepared. I was ready to fight. I had, was supposed to be fighting the week before. Um, but the way I always looked at it is like it, as soon as you feel that that doubt, then don't do it. I've just always been too stupid to doubt myself. <laughs> I think mine was alcohol played a fool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have enough time. It was like, uh, two hours, we're starting, so you need to make a decision. No. It was a no-brainer. For me, it was just, you know, why not? Yeah, it wasn't like he wasn't prepared. Yeah. yeah. You know, he had just fought. <laughs> and there's, a, there's different ways of looking at it, you know? Like, um, you see it, you see it a lot now. That that fighters are uh, not taking the fights. Yeah, picking fights a bit more, even when and and it's worked out for some guys. It definitely has, you know, to for some of these guys to be at this point still getting into the UFC with less than ten fights is is crazy. Yeah, fighting um, all bums or fighting, you know, and getting that one fight or something yeah. like that, you know. Um, but I mean, the way that the way that I always looked at at it, and you know. I guess the other guys in here as well uh, was just fuck it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like because there's yeah there's only one way to get experience fighting, mm. and that's by actually fighting. And there's a you hit a certain point, and for me it was probably like I don't know maybe ten fights something like that, ten eleven fights where you you finally fucking realize what the hell you're doing. And it's not so much like technique wise it's it's just having having stepped inside a cage enough times and seen enough things in there to finally like grasp it like holy fuck i don't have any control so fuck yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> you know let's 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 prepare as well as we can feel as good as we can and and uh and get after it it's really not that that crazy it is, and the and the three of you can't discuss it and come up with a common solution for normal people because none of you are completely normal no, with that. No. And and I think it's awesome, <coughs> but you can see it because you would not say no to any fight. You can see it in Shorty's jujitsu classes because I take Shorty's jujitsu classes. He rolls with anybody anytime, and I don't think that's normal. No, he has, doesn't he? He hasn't rolled with me. 
So he has, a, he has some compassion. He has a heart, um, which I think is good. But uh, as, a, as the instructor, you know, I mean, take a short note of spice, but as the instructor, I've never seen you not roll and not roll with anybody from the biggest guy to the smallest guy to everybody in between. And you guys all have something a little bit different that normal population doesn't have. Dan can ride a motorcycle faster, a dirt bike faster than <laughs> anybody on the planet until he crashes. And I remember asking him one time, I'm like, dude, what do you think about? Like, how do you ride a dirt bike so fast? And he was like, he's like, what do you mean what do I think about? I was like, when you're riding the dirt bike, what's going through your head? He's Thinking? like, he's like, I just think about what I'm what doing. What head? I'm like, you don't think about like crashing or stuff? He's like, no, I just think about what I'm doing that second. That's a different kind of humor. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like how There's you describe no why, why a raccoon decides to walk into traffic, you know? I fucking know. It felt good at the time. Yeah. Left foot, right foot. Left foot, right foot. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I got that. I got That's that quad. I got, I got it. No, it's a, I, I wish I could be more like that. I think it's in I can't ride a dirt bike as fast as you. Although if we raced, I think I might finish first because you would have a spectacular crash. I, yeah. <laughs> I have to several. So for for Christmas we got the kids a, a 50cc Kawasaki, and uh, I have to tell my children that one day Uncle Dan's gonna crash it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta sit him down. Why did Uncle Dan do that? He can't help it. He can't help it, guys. That's what he does. He crashes things. He rides them very fast and recklessly, and sometimes looks spectacular. <laughs> but most of the time he breaks them. <laughs> but Dad, they were unbendable handlebars. <laughs> well, Uncle Dan's wrapped a couple pairs of those around his chest before. Yeah, that so. is a complete bullshit. Yeah. Unbendable. <laughs> complete bullshit. It's like, hell yeah, I'm buying the unbendable ones. <laughs> After how many like, sets of unbendable ones? <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> but they're unbendable. <laughs> so, Shorty, for, for normal people... And I think that you do get a lot of normal people in the fight game. You've had a really hard time getting fights. There's guys that just flat out will not fight you. Yeah. What's that been like? How frustrating is that? Uh, yeah, it's been really frustrating. It's it's um, happened in the last like couple of years. Just uh, trying to to get fights, and I feel because the UFC opened up our weight division at 25. That you know everybody's goal is to get in. Nobody wants to have a tough fight, though, you know? Everybody wants to take the easy, easy fights, get a couple of fights against guys that don't really have a record, maybe finish the fight, and then get in off of... Celebration. You know, <laughs> off of a, a couple uh, a couple of wins, not not um, quality wins, you know, more about quantity. Yeah, nobody wants to get that loss, have a loss. Or yeah. have the tough fight where it's like, oh, I'm going to... You know, be pushed. Yeah, be pushed and, and might lose when, when they might get the call. Yeah. Um, so it, people have been kind of backing away and turning it down. And also promotions are not forcing people to fight that are, you know, under contract. And, um, you know, number one contenders turn out to not be number one contenders. They got to fight again. And uh, some promotions don't want to bring people in um, because it costs too much money. So then you're still fighting the same guys from the same area over and over, and eventually you run out if you beat everybody, you know. Um, so, it, it yeah, it's very frustrating. 
you know. Um, You're kind of dealing with that right now. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, we can talk about it. Um, I fought for a number one contendership my last fight in February. I won. I was supposed to uh, fight uh, the winner of Sedeco, Hanario, and uh, Louis Gardner. And um, Louis Gardner ended up winning. I already beat both of these guys. And, uh, you know, he said he didn't want to fight. You know, he said that that's a fight that should be in the UFC, which I do agree. But we can't make that decision, you know. I mean, if we both, you know, get in the UFC and we fight, then that's great. I wish it was that easy. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but it's it's not. That fight should be for a title. Yeah. That's a 10 grand fight. So that's what we're just going to hold off. Um, and that's pretty much what he's doing. He wants He wants to get paid to fight me. And no promotion is going to pay him. No promotion around here pays that money regardless. So I guess he's just kind of sticking to his ground. He hasn't fought since March, I think. So it's going to be going on almost a year since he's fought, you know. So they made up the, the interim title, which I, you know, just fought the number one guy and won. And uh, now, you know, he doesn't want to fight, you know. Or he's saying... He wants more money to fight me. But I even think if they offer him the money, he still won't fight. Because I think he's a guy that's waiting. He was in the UFC. You know, he experienced the UFC money, so he doesn't like fighting for regional money. And another guy that wants a easier fight. I guarantee you if I lost to, to Lozano, he would have took that fight for free. You know? Because stylistically, it's a better fight for him. You know? So. Plus, Lozano hasn't beaten him in the past. Yeah. It's true. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that element. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's that element. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, d I don't think you that... Go, you uh, haunt his dreams, Shorty. Yeah. You haunt his dreams. Big! I don't think that they're going to fight. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, a couple of their um, champs kind of like picking and choosing, and they don't want to fight the number one contender. You know, the the thing is you can't force somebody to fight, you know, so. Well, not in the cage. Yeah, not in the cage. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it is what it is, so. I think eventually some somebody will come around and I'll get a fight if I don't get the call for the UFC. You know, I'm going to wait a little bit, you know, enjoy the holidays, get back to training, come, you know, New Year's, and then, you know, see what CFFC has lined up and. Keep my fingers crossed to get on that, that Brooklyn card. Maybe uh, Ian McCall gets hurt or his <laughs> opponent being that uh, his last four fights yeah. <laughs> yeah. have fallen through. So I said it this last fight. I said if I could, you know, if I was a betting guy, which I am, <laughs> I'd bet that that fight's going to fall through, and it did. You know, and again, it's, I think that was literally, what, the fourth fight yeah, that McCall was involved like that. in that the fight fell through, that I was harassing Sean Shelby. And uh, so, being that it's in the in my backyard, maybe be lucky to join this guy and fight. Allegedly. Allegedly. No, it's on the USC website. It's now. on the USC website. Yeah, you can talk about it. Officially. It's official. It's official. <laughs> you never know. Because sometimes they'll break it. Yeah. And other and times they'll they'll give it to like the the smallest. Like media, outlet. yeah, media outlet there is, <coughs> and it's like, you know, MMA from Mom's basement <laughs> just announced, you know, this fight. 
because originally when it got announced, it was by some obscure places, and then everybody picked it up and yeah. shit like that. But, but yeah, Brooklyn. So Jim, who back, are you fighting in Brooklyn? Back in case who, our who, who am I fighting? Oh, uh, Dustin Poirier. <laughs> yeah. Great matchup. Great fight. Yeah. Yeah. So. So now, I'm back in the New York groove. Now you're back. In now the I'm back. Time. Originally, I was just in a New York state of mind. Yeah. So, but it hasn't been a year since I was there. No. So, so what's your walkout song going to be? Neil Diamond, Brooklyn Roads. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Probably not. Do it. We're uh, Brooklyn at. We're Brooklyn. Yeah. Jim out. fucking Miller. Do <laughs> it. Hat sideways. What about <laughs> yeah? Chain. Neil Diamond's your favorite. Neil Diamond is my favorite. I think you should go <coughs> back in the New York groove. Um, that song pumps me up. It does. Yeah, I it mean, what? <laughs> two or three of them went out to friggin' uh, Alicia Keys, right? What, what song was she singing? What the New, hell York? Was New York. New York. Yeah. New York. <laughs> <laughs> we can't play the YouTube because we'll get censored, but I think we could sing it. We could definitely <laughs> sing it, yeah. yeah. It's, it's technically satire, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so go for it, Pat. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> Concrete jungles where dreams are made of. It sounds good in my headset. Singing like that. <laughs> 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 Doesn't sound good yeah, in mine. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like singing in the shower. Kind of yeah. like that, yeah. <laughs> You're telling me it doesn't sound good when I sing Christmas carols? It doesn't sound good when you sing any fucking song. <laughs> Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a luscious bass <laughs> when, I, when I go. Luscious bass. That's right. <laughs> I, Pat, okay. Pat loves Christmas music, so I, I videoed myself a couple times. He's been harassing me. <laughs> Christmas, him singing Christmas music in... Pictures of snakes. <laughs> Why well, does he have a snake phone. mic or something? Singing into a snake's face. It's <laughs> <laughs> a question I ask myself every day. <laughs> <laughs> it could really petrify you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never mind. So, speaking about snakes, we'll talk about Pat's. Uh, Pee hole? That's an interesting segue. <laughs> no, uh, Speaking we're of talking snakes. about worms then. We're not talking about yeah. snakes. Say snakes, thank you. <laughs> Anacondas. Maybe, <laughs> maybe an inchworm. Yeah. Baby garter snakes. He is an. He is Irish, you know. <laughs> you can't say that. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's racist. It is. That's a I'm weird. Allowed to be racist. I'm Irish. You're a lot of things. An asshole's one. I'm a friggin' mush. <laughs> not allowed to say that either. Why? I'm not allowed to say I'm a friggin' nope. mutt. Nope. Why not? No. Nope. I am a mutt. No. Nope. Anyway. I'm allowed to say it. No. Nope. You're not you're, these days you're not allowed to say anything. Anything. Don't you're even say, say Merry Christmas. Anything. That's right. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Can't even say happy holidays for crying out loud. Crying oh, out loud. Celebrating holidays. I hate holidays. I hate holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I'm triggered by your holidays. <laughs> well, I'm just going to be a fucking douche then. <laughs> Can't say that either. No, I can say douche. 
I'm going to call anybody I want a douche. Your son couldn't say douche? Yeah, he got poor guy got in trouble <laughs> on the Seriously, bus. He did. Just hanging out and having a good time. Yeah. Douche. He didn't say douche. No, he didn't say douche. <laughs> yeah, Cassie, said, Cassie says douche, too. <laughs> I don't know where he got douche from. <laughs> Probably listening to this podcast. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Pop Pop a douche? Because <laughs> I've always been. Yeah, he's always been. That's just who he is. <laughs> that little girl never asked that. What's that? Why is Pop Pop a douche? No. No, she doesn't. No, See? she knows the answer. No, you're yeah, right. she knows <laughs> the answer. She's a badass. They're smart kids. Yeah, they are smart kids. <laughs> so, so you really want me to tell the snake story? <laughs> 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 you got it now. You, well, you, to, was, yeah. you got to uh, way into it. Pat Let's was go. telling us, Pat was telling us this story uh, before we we went on air. So it was just kind of one of those you have to tell that yeah. on air <laughs> super relevant kind of things yeah super relevant we, we'll just stick it in there you know we'll talk about shorty for a bit pat wanted to talk about shorty's piercings or something like that and just so pat segue. gets to talk about <laughs> how he doesn't that's a segue shorty has piercings pat will talk <laughs> that he doesn't pay attention to what the nurses tell him yeah it that's is. it it's true listen to the professionals yeah so tell him your story, Pat, will, so. on how you didn't listen to the profession. <laughs> See, and he's calling us weird, <laughs> yeah. weird people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, a nurse <laughs> tells normal. me something, I'm going to listen. Yeah. Not in this case, you wouldn't. So I had, uh, <laughs> before my MMA career really took off, I, uh, I swam in college and I got into triathlons and I was riding the bike a lot. And uh, the bike seats do not lend them well, themselves well to uh, blood flow and <laughs> prostates. So I got a, uh, I got a wicked prostate infection, and uh, they had to check out my prostate a couple times, <laughs> which uh, not as awesome as you would think it is. And uh, and then I got another prostate infection, and uh, they said, "Hey, we're just gonna make sure everything's okay. We're gonna take a look from the other side." So I, you know, yeah, let's check it out. Sure I'm, I'm all right. It's a dumb game. So, uh, yeah, because they, uh, they stuck a camera in the back door, which was <laughs> wide open. That wasn't, that wasn't painful. It wasn't, it was, uh, they did knock me out, but I, I woke up and I. Had a smile on your yeah, face. Yeah, I, I felt like I'd been drinking with Dan again. <laughs> so, uh, so they, uh, they gowned me up and, uh, and my beautiful wife had driven me there and she's like, all right, I'll be here when you get out. And uh, I go into the room, and they had some instruments of torture laid out on the uh, on the table, and they had a uh, like a double A battery. And the woman's like, "Okay, this is the camera." And I was like, "Wait a minute, what?" <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah, this this double A battery is the camera, and we're gonna stick it in your urethra." And uh, it's like, "You got to get me the Irish camera. That is never gonna fit." <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you can't say that, Matt. Yeah. No, I can't. He's I'm Irish. Irish. Yeah. He's like 100 Irish. He's Irish. So, uh, so she's like, "No, don't worry, you'll be unconscious." And that's that's an exact quote. And I remember being like, "Well, I'm I'm gonna wake up." And uh, and the nurse actually like was prepping me and she's like listen when you wake up you're gonna have an urge to urinate you don't have to urinate do not urinate so uh so they knocked me out and uh, i woke up and i really 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 had to pee 
So uh, I called the nurse. And I was like, hey, listen, I know you gave me that heads up, but uh, I actually do got to pee. And she, uh, <laughs> she was like, no, you don't have to pee. And, and Megan was there, and she's like, I don't think you have to pee. So I was like, all right. And the drugs were kind of wearing off. And uh, so I called her back a second time, and I was like, hey, nurse, I know you said I don't have to urinate, but you're not my body. And she was like, she's like, sir, I promise you do not have to urinate. So uh, she left. And then the third time I called her over, I was like, listen, I'm sorry. I don't want to urinate on your sheets, but that's where I'm at. And uh, she kind of like tipped her head knowingly. She's like, come on, I'll walk you to the bathroom. (laughs) 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 We we walked over to the bathroom. And I remember she kind of like held the door and she looked at me like a man going to uh, the gallows as I walked in and gave me a smile. And uh, I went and I stood in front of the toilet and I relaxed whatever you have to relax (coughs) to urinate. And uh, it was like molten lava <laughs> rolled out of my urethra. And uh, I, I screamed out loud because it caught me so off guard and it was so <laughs> painful. And uh, there was actually no no uh, urine came out because I did not have to pee. <laughs> so uh, after I screamed and uh, I lost my balance a little bit, I opened the door and she was just, she had her like arms crossed and she's like, so. I, was like, I didn't have to urinate. <laughs> <laughs> I know, sir. Please go sit down. And, uh, that's the uh, that's the story of uh, cameras in my pee hole. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast only gets better. From yeah, it only gets better. From there. <laughs> so, moral of the story: listen to the professionals. You should yeah. you should listen to nurses. <laughs> I started when I when I went to the urologist. I started sweating when she the the nurse started pulling the catheters and stuff out because then you started looking at all the diagrams mm-hmm. was, uh, <laughs> that was after I'd, I'd passed the kidney stone so pee blood and I'm pretty good with my own blood and stuff like that but when it comes out your pee hole <laughs> it's a little bit unsettling so um, when I went to the, the urologist the, you know I peed in the cup and stuff like that and then I go back into the, the room, and she starts laying out all the stuff. I'm like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, what does that do? You're looking at, yeah, you're looking at, like, the diagram, this big poster on the on the wall of, like, <laughs> like it's not it's supposed to go in that way. <laughs> like, As an exit yeah, hole. That, I mean, the other one, like, we, you know, <laughs> but this one. <laughs> we can negotiate. We can negotiate, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, but that one is strictly an exit. And, uh, yeah, luckily they didn't have to do it. They didn't have to do anything. But No, I had to have one for when I had neck surgery. Yeah. Getting it removed is not <laughs> cool. Not cool at all. It's just like, oh, go, go. <laughs> hot, <laughs> hot, 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 hot. Yeah. <laughs> Poor bastards. <laughs> oh, my God. What? <laughs> you poor bastards. What are you talking about? Yeah, why? Elaborate, please. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Why are you crying about it? I didn't get anything done. No. I'm not crying about nothing. I'm crying about it. <laughs> 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 a lot, I was worried about it happening. <laughs> I mean, not that I it's like thin wall tubing. <laughs> I pissed Garth, blood, but only because I got hit in the nuts with a snowball. That must have been a direct shot yeah. if you were actually. It was after I had a hernia operation. Yeah. Oh, just poor timing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But I didn't have to have any cameras going in. That sucks. 
just did you choke that person out? Uh, I, no, no, I was, I was in some pain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe later. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Now that I think about it, I should probably make a little hit list and yeah. go back. You should go, go back. back. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Remember me? <laughs> did I already tell the Dan kneeling on me story on the podcast? So. Yes, yeah. you did. Because. Yeah. Your purple penis. It, what, it didn't turn purple. But. It was close. He's still on the list. And I choked him after that. I'm sure you hit him with a. Uh, Liver shots. That's probably why. Head kicks. Probably he's why never kicked shot. me in the head. No? Well, he's kicked me, but he's never done anything with it. No, he doesn't kick very hard. That's true. He has kicked me in the I've liver. I've seen him. There's been people <laughs> sleeping on the mat after head kicks. <laughs> yeah, they're like <laughs> tiny guys. Tiny guys. <laughs> tiny heads? Tiny heads. Or just heads. tiny. Tiny heads. Tiny guys. Tiny guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're my height, too, so. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I kick him in the head, but it's all toes. Yeah. yeah. And I also have three times the head size of those guys. It's true. Bigger target or? Bigger target, smaller brain. Yeah. This just bounces around. It's easy. Yeah. Greater for impact. Milleritis. <laughs> that kind of milleritis. <laughs> <laughs> There's other millerituses as well. <laughs> they itch like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the, one of the worst Milleritis is is the uh, you know Mil- Milleritis you know is, is you, yeah, know. you know <laughs> you know um, <laughs> you know but it's all the you know. making too much food yeah for an event yeah what happened to that sixty you pounds of mac and cheese too much did you eat it all food we how the fuck can you no, possibly make we, too much we food. Made we ate a lot it's of it. taking offense to that this. That shit was good. The yeah. origin of that particular Milleritis is speaking right now. Yeah, <laughs> and he's pissed about <laughs> he's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, well, uh, so tomorrow well, night. Well, you guys don't eat leftovers. That's your fucking No, that's problem. not true. That's not true at all. That is not true at all. It's just that it's like, Bring that okay. Shit here. Okay, I'm going to. Nothing like I'll good make, tangy, I'll make some, slimy spaghetti. I'll make some, I'll make some caramels, you know. Give them out as for for the holidays. You can give me While I'm any wearing scummer. my my holiday sweater. <laughs> you I made a scummer. scummer. Yeah, <laughs> you <call me> scummer. <laughs> I made fucking 280 caramels. They're really good. And, and I, I didn't and get I, one. And I yeah. fucking dipped 180 of them. Like, it was fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, so I'm with you, Dad, because he was like, "Hey, Pat, you want some caramels?" Hey, Shorty, you want some caramels? Yeah, that's and right. And he walks out. Hey, not a hey, Dan, you want some well, caramels? Well, no, well, uh, no, hey, no. Hey, back to back. Oh, no. Beep, beep, beep. Baptist trailer truck up. All right, that's what you're getting as a Christmas truck. present. Yeah, fuck so you So don't guys. say anything. No. He ain't you know doesn't you know doesn't mean I can't <laughs> have one you're today. Gonna, <laughs> just because I'm getting one. <laughs> you're getting one Christmas. Doesn't mean I can't. See that? I busted my bag. See, you hit something solid here. Look at that. I destroyed it. Here, don't. Yeah, don't eat them. <laughs> they're, they're pretty good. Exploded when it hit this muscle. Yeah. <laughs> gotta, muscle. I got to bring our levels down. We're way in the middle. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> Caramel's got us peaking. <laughs> and if you eat it now, you won't be able to talk for That's the duration right. of the podcast because it's pretty chewy. I can't talk anyway. 
I think another Milleritis is being a complete douchebag. And speaking of that, I'll take Michael, credit for that one too. Michael W. Miller uh, was nice it's enough to. The, oh, he wrote a question. Fourth. He was nice enough to write in, not a question, a statement, <laughs> to impart his knowledge you on us. He said that Irish is not a race. Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation oh, point! Oh, three exclamation points! It's a fucking ethnicity! <laughs> exclamation! <point. laughs> Thank you, Michael. Oh, I think he's triggered. Yeah. <laughs> See, Michael is our liberal older brother. Um, <laughs> and uh, Mike Pagano is pretty pumped. He heard about food. He's on yeah. his way down. Hey, there, there was a bag. It exploded all over. <laughs> the old man's crotch. <laughs> there was a bag of caramels for you. Unfortunately, now Jim had to throw they're, them. They're like tainted. A douche. They're tainted. Tainted, tainted caramel. Um, no, there are plenty of other bags. <laughs> <coughs> but yeah, I also I I made it's like okay, well, I'll make uh, croquettes. You know, I, I ham croquettes, little deep fried meat pocket of goodness, pe- meat patty. Greatest thing on the planet. Um, and it's deep fried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's probably. Is there cheese in it? No, there's no cheese in no. it. So you, no, you don't, they don't need cheese. No, they don't need cheese. Um, I'd, like, I'd like to eat I, one. That's a. I think a very bold dipping. statement to say the greatest <laughs> thing on the planet. They're very good. They're the greatest thing on the planet. They're not the greatest thing. On They're the, the greatest thing on the planet. No. Um, what is the greatest thing on the planet? Are we talking food? <laughs> or just the greatest thing in on general? Planet? You can answer both. <laughs> let's, let's go. No, let's go food. Well, that's let's food too. Food let's first. keep it a food. <laughs> it's also edible. Yeah. I was going to bring it back to the last the, one. On it was like, remember the harem we were talking about yeah. last yes. podcast? Yeah, that could be <laughs> the greatest thing on the planet. Right, sorry to argue it. A harem. <laughs> yeah, but food wise. Food wise. I don't know. Oh, yes. I'm going to go. I'm going to. Ha- this isn't something you could just like be like, yeah, that's it. I, no, I know what think it about is. it. I no. know what it is. It's what that is it? fucking potato salad. No. I <laughs> swear to God, yeah, I could rub one out while no, eating. No, no, no. That's damn good. I'm going to tell you this. The gorgonzola and the, the bacon. Yeah, yeah. that's God. God. Damn, no, it touches the greatest, goes no. direct to my soul. The greatest, the, the greatest food on the planet cannot be cold. No. It cannot be. Seriously? My, it cannot the be. Douchebag who just wrote in his sausage dip is pretty, it's pretty good. good. It is yeah. pretty good. Sausage is a great food. Yeah. And that's that why these cro- croquettes are going to be the best. Is I didn't have enough ham, so I put some chorizo in there. Yeah. I could be in on that. Yeah. Yeah. But do they have cheese in them? I could make a cheese dipping sauce, Dan. I could make a <laughs> I could make a Gruyere or a smoked Gouda. Do you wrap them up? Like you wrap the ham. No, it's like little bits of ham and a you make like a roux and um so it's sort of like a crab cake. Basically, yeah. Mm. And then you just, you know, uh They are delicious. And they sound like I'm kind of hungry right good. now. Um but it's like so there's going to be that you fry the ham or is there a coating like it's, a breaded coating? It's uh thing? it's ha- little pieces of ham mixed in with uh um it's a so you cook butter and flour together making a roux and then you put milk in there. So it, it's like this that's what's actually gelatinous deep stuff, but yeah, got with it. the ham inside of it. But then it's got mustard in it and um, mm. scallions, garlic, and stuff. But I made it. I make a double batch, <laughs> like I always do. Hey, let's up up the batch size. So now there's probably going to be forty fucking 
croquettes tomorrow for six adults. Mm. Now, granted, Wyatt Miller is going to eat some. <laughs> and that asshole, he just ate like $20 worth of Chinese food. <laughs> Which is pretty. He, We found out today that uh, Angel went for a party or something like that. You know, she's a class mom and was talking to the one uh, teacher's aide. And they're like, oh, Wyatt is, is he's, he's so amazing. He, he'll eat his whole lunch that you pack with him <laughs> at snack time. <laughs> and then he'll buy lunch, and then he'll eat his whole lunch, and then he'll get a snack afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so Angel's telling me, he's just like, it, he, you know, because now they do. He's a growing boy. He is a growing boy. <laughs> um, Heavyweight bound. Yeah. Uh, he's, he spends like five bucks a day on top of getting a, a lunch pack for him. <laughs> It's like that's amazing, dude. And he's still he's he's lean as hell. Yeah, he keeps working. Yeah, he's gonna be as tall as Jim though. Yeah, I know. It sucks. <laughs> Can't be heavyweight. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> heavyweight bound. That's not well. Good. Sawyer Sawyer's gonna be a heavyweight, but Sawyer's probably still gonna be my height. Sawyer's got the your your size head. Same he, size head. He's got a pretty he's got a pretty big dome on him. Cassidy actually has. Cassidy's head is as big as Wyatt's. Yeah, believe it or not. No, Cassidy's yeah. the tiniest Wyatt thing I've ever seen. Wyatt's not very big, though. Wyatt's His not, head's not that big either. <laughs> He's got a little round head. <laughs> I was playing with Sawyer the other day, and he likes to. He's my. Uh, he's like 19 months old, um, and he's 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 kind of big, you know. Um, portly. <laughs> he's portly. He's thick. Uh, he likes to, you know, like run after me and stuff like that. So I was like, pass blocking him. So I'm like smacking him in the chest. <laughs> I like knock him back like a step and he's giggling and he's coming forward. He weighs as much as Cassidy. And she's a year and a half older than him. Um, Cassidy comes running over and she starts running at me. I do the same exact thing. <laughs> and I'm seeing her fucking flying. She's just so like. So you're mean. I am mean. I'm a dick. <laughs> I'm an abusive father. You know. It was, where you get that? It was just the same thing. I just I patted her, but she wasn't able to. Since she's longer and, get that from your older and brother. thinner, she just well, went for him. Our older brother is a dick. He is a dick. But he used to see, wear. He's not a douche. He's a dick. He's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly, <laughs> it's a fine line. Dan, that, you're stepping over the edge here. You're stepping over the edge. See, I want to tell you a story, Shorty. Um, back in high school. Our older brother was was dating this this nice young lady, and they used to wear purple corduroys together on the same day. <laughs> no, hey, verify this. Did he that did, happen, no. Pat? Yes, it Pat. happened. Did it happen? I do you remember you. that? Yes. Do you recall? Yes. yes, I do recall. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's only because you're afraid these guys are going to no, kick I'm your ass. No, I'm not at all. Because Michael could kick my ass too. They, uh, <laughs> she lived in Fox Hollow, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah and yeah. they absolutely had the same purple corduroys. <laughs> yes, really. Yes, hundred percent. I used to hear walking have, down the hallway. Who else was beep, okay? Beep, I'm going to have to beep, fucking beep. ask. Uh, let me. You got Ian's number? I do. Or yeah. the, the D's might know. D's. Uh, we'll have How to fucking Diesel verify this. Diesel was know. drunk. He was passing well, out. Diesel drunk. was yeah. <laughs> Diesel was yeah. Diesel wouldn't remember that. No, it's, he was drinking Gatorade if and vodka. If three of yeah. us can <laughs> get together on it, then it's a fact. Yeah, so she fact. wore. I don't know about that. Purple corduroy she, pants. It was an abusive relationship. I think she she commanded him around a little bit, yeah. cracked the whip, and said, "You're getting purple corduroy." Nothing right matter with that. Yeah. And you're Hold on here a second. I'm married some. to your mother. This is true. She wore the pants and made But mom's not like mom's not like hey Mike. 
Where are your overalls today? <laughs> Maybe yes, she is. is. <laughs> we're gonna, we're Why gonna do you match. think I wear my overalls? We're going to match. <laughs> well, she doesn't wear overalls. Well, that's exactly it. If, if mommy you don't want to see me in scrubs. <laughs> no. <laughs> Michael actually just wrote in, and he said it's been hard for him to admit it, but it's easier in this format that they did, in fact, have the same pants. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Michael, thank you for your honesty. Finally! <laughs> thank you Finally. for your honesty. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and they were the same. And hold they on, were the same pair, we can, though. They, and now we can go there. The best thing in the world is anything your brother makes, not your ham croquettes. I don't know. I don't know. Ham croquettes. Pretty, pretty much. Michael makes some good shit. He does make some good stuff. He does. We should have no, a cook-off. Next anything. time he's up, we should have a cook-off. I would be a judge <laughs> for that. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah we will right. have to do that. His we'll peach, have to have he a had cook-off. like a peach glazed wing. Like, mm. like wings. They were fucking delicious, too. He does make good Well, food. no. he. I I, I think he, he'd be anything. the only one. He would kick, I would say anything. He would kick Bobby Flay's ass. He would kick Well. He's wrestling. the only one of you guys that would kick Bobby Flay's ass. You're all good cooks, <laughs> but he can also. he can improvise. Well, see, he can do he can, can he can cook too. on the fly. Not can gonna he? lie, watch this. Meat clean, bro. <laughs> has some wings now. Yeah. And part of their they have a dirty section, and it's like cheat meals. Fucking wings dirty. are banging. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, they're good. They're good. Yeah. Isn't wings it's like, like healthy? It's, it's like eat, it's eat clean, bro, but not that clean in this yeah. section. Eat dirty, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Is it count if I just, <coughs> if I just order that? <laughs> That's how I've been ordering. <laughs> yeah, they're good. Can you do me a favor and make those meatballs, but with like eighty twenty as opposed yeah. to turkey? <laughs> what is Pat laughing at? More comments? No, there's more comments from Michael. No, you seem to be reading something. Yeah, you yeah you're reading something. I Come am, on, yeah. no. Well, I'm, I just up, don't understand. Man. So, so Michael wrote BJ. And then, which I thought, <laughs> Michael, weird, the uh, brother. Their brother, and then he wrote Penn. And maybe it BJ was, Penn? Yeah. Maybe what about, was, about BJ Penn? I don't know. He didn't elaborate. That's why I was looking He's at it cook? and laughing. And uh, Kevin Ingram said that one of the best things ever were Jim's bacon-wrapped Smokies. Well. This man knows what he's talking about. <laughs> M- Mike Pagano also suggested that we give the crotch caramel to Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Ingram will second that. Yeah, he will. <laughs> yes, he will. I'm surprised he's not already here. <laughs> crotch caramel? Crotch caramel. <laughs> Salty. <laughs> it is salted caramel. So it'd probably be overpowering. <laughs> it would be. Well, <laughs> <laughs> too salty, Jim. <laughs> um, what else do we got on on the the board, Patrick? The uh, the only other thing that uh, we wanted to talk to Shorty about was he's got a pretty impressive fight career, um, but he's also got a pretty impressive coaching career going mm-hmm. right now. With uh, some of your students are doing pretty big things, winning the Good Fight tournament. Um, you got a couple. A couple guys that are kicking some ass. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you think about that? What do you attribute that to? Uh, dedication, hard work. Everybody that's competing is is in here on a daily basis, and um, they're just pushing themselves. They're eager to learn. Um, they put in the time. They you know ask questions, and uh, I just think that 
because of the atmosphere of how close everybody is, you know, it's not like an uptight where, you know, you come in, you got your head down, and, you know, you can't talk, you drill a move, and then you train and you go home. No, like, everybody's friends. We have a good time. People like to hang out after and talk. People like to hang out after and train, you know, asking questions. Um, and they're always actively competing as well, which to me is, is very important. And uh, we definitely have some some studs, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think it's just going to kind of keep folding over. And we're going to have more people coming in. And sign-ups have been great. Classes have been great. The uh, that's, you know, the jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's just kind of coming together, and it's just it's awesome, you know. So um, I'm excited. And uh, we have some amateur fighters with uh, fights booked coming up in February, waiting on a couple more. And uh, I think as a, <coughs> as a team in what? In 2016, we went, what, 14-2, and 15-2 and two or something like that? Something like that, yeah. We, um, we did pretty damn well. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, it's it's uh it's great. You know, I I love coming in and teaching. I'm I'm never forced to, you know, get up and be like, ah, oh, I'm going to work. You know, I'm, I'm I always love being here, even if I'm not working, whether it's training or just hanging out. You know, and I I feel like that's really important. You know, um, where a lot of people are in a rush to get out of their job or, you know, um, showing up late. You know, like I. I just enjoy every every bit of it, you know, the students, the staff, um, obviously the bosses and stuff like that. It's just a nice, you know, tight family. Other than this. Other than the manager. You've got to deal with some <laughs> stupid comment. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you're being a little bit modest, and I think that maybe some of it comes from that you, you do love it, but you really take time to break mm-hmm. it down. Like, there's, it's not just, hey, what did Shorty think of today? There's a curriculum. Mm-hmm. You keep a notebook. And it makes sense. It progresses through the week. There's, you know, a side control. You, you put a ton of thought into it. Except when I cover. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Whenever I have covers, they kind of go all over they the place. They don't stick to your curriculum. No, but they are very good at a key team. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's it's also trial and error, you know, from from training. Um, when I started training at a couple places, like I said, the first day of my jujitsu was spider guard, not knowing what any other type of guard was or, you know, if I didn't follow, say, fighting and just coming off the street for self-defense. And my first day is spider guard. Like to me, that's something that's a little more advanced you know um and then at other schools where it's just like oh this is on my mind today this is what i'm going to show and then sometimes you leave out a lot of uh you know basic fundamentals because the fundamentals weren't on your mind for the first nine weeks you know so um you know from training other places and also training other under great um, people and still training under great people i've kind of uh you know come up with a, a format and a curriculum and stuff like that. And uh, I think also when I was teaching kids, it helped out a lot breaking things down because not everybody gets it where, um, you know, you can just explain it in a certain way. You know, some people, they need hands-on or some people need it explained and broken down a little easier. And if you can break down, you know, arm bar to triangle to a normal plata to a six- or seven-year-old, then – it's going to be cake for, you know, adults to pick it up. So I think that helps, um, 
as well when it comes to um, being a good coach and a good professor. Plus, I'm still taking classes. You know, I'm not just uh, a teacher. Like, I don't just take the knowledge I've learned over the last, you know, seven or eight years, and that's it. You know, I'm still learning new moves on a, a weekly, daily basis, and I'm still actively competing. I'm still training with the best guys in the world. You know, so I think that helps out a lot too. Where a lot of uh, jujitsu professors, they don't train with their students, and they also kind of hit that level of they're just idling as far as this is what they learned and that's it. You know, where I'm still constantly evolving. That's a big know? thing to me. Yeah, is that is you're evolving your your game. Yeah, you're always learning new things, so correcting things or coming back and just seeing a new variation on something. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where I think uh, you bring something new to the table or, or just bring something to the table where it's like, okay, th th it's never stale. Yeah. Yeah, we don't – it's never – like at this place, it's never a stale curriculum. Yeah. There's always evolving, and, you know, we appreciate that. Yeah, that's great because if I'm going to get bored, I can imagine other people. So, um, you know, I always want to keep changing up, even if it's the warm-up. You know, I don't want it just to fall into that same – flow of okay this is how it's going to be you come in you know you have a warm-up to do but you don't know what's the warm-up's going to consist of you know it could be different different drills whether it's takedowns and you know i, I always like kind of changing it up and i think that's a, a big thing is to keep everybody excited about being here you know because it, again it it is um customer service where we have a product that we're selling which is jujitsu and if people are coming they're not interested they're going to go elsewhere you know so mm -hmm. It's super important to keep everybody happy and keep them, you know, interested, involved, and, and uh, not just feel like they're just coming in and not getting what they want. So, Employee of the month. <laughs> <laughs> you get Brown another bag of caramels. Brown knows the bastard. Another bag of caramels yeah. for this guy. <laughs> I'll take the Crocs caramel, please. Extra salt. Hey, no talk. You should say, Brown knows. <laughs> oh boy well on that hey, note <laughs> on that note thanks dad yeah, thanks dad that no what ask question? the shady ass cracker if that says s is racist or s <laughs> what is it what what <laughs> how many beers right have you had <laughs> I, I can't pronounce it Ethnicity? What is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give it another shot. No, you no, spell it out. <laughs> <laughs> That'd even be worse. <laughs> so is what? I don't even know what you're yeah, trying to say. Sound it out. The shady like, ass cracker. I know. He, he commented cracks. on. <laughs> Who is the shady or race? I want to know whether that's funny race. Him say what? I don't know. He cracker. said BJ Penn for some reason, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. That. I think Michael's drunk. Yeah, probably, but probably not as it's drunk as you are right now, you douche. <laughs> <laughs> drunk douche. I just can't pronounce it. <laughs> um. So on that weird, awkward note, <laughs> uh, why is that a weird, awkward note? <laughs> because you brought up shady ass crackers, and. Ethnicity, <laughs> something. <laughs> um, ethnicity. Ethnicity. There you go. <laughs> See, I'm the I'm, <laughs> I'm the one with the speech impediment. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into the Hands On Podcast. I'm Jim Miller, Dan Miller, Pat McGurn, Mike Miller, Sean Satella. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good one.
Have a happy holiday. If you want. <laughs> Love your sweater.